Welcome to Nice Out Minute, I'm your host Darren. Uh, this week my guest is Ollie Brady and today we are covering on the Thursday episode Minute 79, which is an hour and 38 to an hour 38, 59 seconds, I hope. No, an hour and... It is an hour and 28 to a, an hour and 28 to <laughs> 59 seconds. Uh, we get back to the restaurant, uh, Ransom is drinking and, you know, it says in the script Marta has just told Ransom everything. Um, so we we assumed that yesterday um, he does a little her huh, and then, um, you know, she obviously says, you know, it sounds insane, but it's all true. And, you know, she's basically worried that she will go to jail. Um, and then we get a bit of a moment, a kind of moment of introspection here from Ransom, where he says that he always thought he was the only one that could beat him at go. Uh, in the script, it says granddad, but on screen, he says him. Um, and then, you know, he talks about at the party, you know, his last conversation, his last fight. He actually told him that Marta beats him at go as well, <laughs> which, is a, which is a nice little twist of the knife that Harlan did before things finished off. <laughs> it's like, I'm cutting you out of the will. Also, you're not that good at go. She beats me as well. <laughs> so, um, And then, of course, this is where he says, I'm not telling, you know, I'm not going to tell the family you're not going to jail. Um in the script, it says, I'm not telling the family shit. But I think when it's on the screen, he actually says, I'm not going to tell the family or my family, he says. So, mm -hmm. you know, they reworded it to make it a bit more natural. Uh, and that is where the minute ends. Um, you know, so the next minute, I should say, is again, we're going to be mostly in the restaurant with just Marta and Ransom. That is what we're where we at for the rest of the uh, the week. But I think it's interesting. We kind of cut back and we see the difference in Ransom and Marta because, you know, beforehand he'd obviously set her up with the feeding her some food and then saying, tell me the truth. And now we get back and obviously now he knows the truth um, about the mixing up of the vials and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, the knocking over the go board. And obviously she's also told him that, you know, she, she, she beat him a couple of games ago. I, I, don't know, I don't know why she put that detail in, but obviously we're assuming everything that was in the flashback that we saw um, in the minutes that I last hosted, basically, that's what he's she's described to him, um, you know, and also the, the the I'm guessing as well the alibi, you know, the sneaking out the back, the making a noise at the front, and all that kind of stuff. So he knows everything, um, and you know she's saying that she doesn't care if she's going to go to jail uh, because you know that's not what she's worried about. She's worried about her mom. She's worried about her sister. Now, obviously, you know. After the moment of introspection, we'll find out what Ransom's plan is tomorrow. Um, but I just wanted, you know, get your feelings on the kind of the change in Ransom now that he's kind of in on on the information. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about spoilers tomorrow because obviously there's a reason why his mood is different here. Uh, but I just think it's it's some great acting from Chris Evans uh, in terms of like being able to convey the idea that Marta has been sitting there for like thirty minutes telling you everything we've seen in the film. Um, but also the fact that, like we said, Ryan Johnson skips that step. He doesn't bother having Marta try and recount it all because she's already recounted it to Benoit Blanc, essentially. Um, so there's no need for her to recount it a second time. So I do like they skip that step and they yeah. just get straight to his reaction. 
Okay, yes. Karen, I'm going to ask you to do something right now, right? So we're at four minutes into the podcast, or probably three okay. minutes, um, because we, we did a little bit talking. What happened to Harlan? <laughs> As in me recounting what Martha's just said. Yeah, just just what happened to Harlan? There was a mix-up with the vials. Yeah, He insisted that there wasn't an ambulance called, and instead mm-hmm. he laid out a plan for Marta yep. to deliberately leave out the front and then return in the back and then he cut his throat. <laughs> Perfect. So, 40 seconds. Yes. Right. Now, she's going to put in more details yeah. or whatever. Ransom has four beers <laughs> in the time that she is telling that story because there's no beers when we cut away and there's four empty bottles in front of him and she doesn't drink so he has four beers in front of him he's drank four beers he is dying for a pee <laughs> like there's no because he didn't get up and leave because as soon as he leaves her she's gonna make a run for it so he's, he's not gonna let her do that or he you know in his head she yeah. probably would which means that he is sitting there with a bladder with four <laughs> beers in it and that was what was going through my head as watching he's brilliantly acting i'm not going ransom in real life would be so jonesing for a pee right now it's not even funny because that's what like a bottle of beer for some reason like maybe it's the amount of oxygen you get while you're drinking it it makes you need to pee way more than drinking a pint does or or drinking shorts or whatever. It's just, it's, that was going through my head is either A, she took a long time to tell this, or B, he just drank four beers in a really short period of time and he is dying well, I, to go. And I think she probably gave a lot more detail on being interrupted by Joni and then obviously, you know, uh, her attempts to find the the antidote and the antidote not being there. And then probably she went into ex- some explanation about where she keeps the medical bag. And, you know, she probably added some details about, you know, ha- what Harlan said in terms of, you know, uh, turn after the, you know, the, the hippo or whatever it was like the, you know, the statue. And, you know, and then she probably also went into the detail, not only about what happened, but she probably said that, you know, she, because she says here, you know, uh, blank's been onto me from the start. She probably also said that, you know, but, you know, that I went the wrong way. And so I've erased that footage. So it doesn't exist. She, you know, she's probably already not only explained her alibi, but also some of the cover up that she's done since then of, you know, walking in the mud, you know, to cover her own tracks and all that kind of stuff. And the, the bit of trellis as well, because some of these details that she's told him will lead him to do stuff later on in the film. Um, you know, in particular, that broken piece of trellis is, you know, an important kind of clue as we go forward, um, not just for Marta, but, you know, we'll talk about it more tomorrow, but for other things. So I, I think he's not just had a story about what she, you know, what she actually did, but also some of the cover up afterwards. And also, obviously, that is helping him in terms of, you know, what he's going to what he's going to do from this point on. In the next minute, he'll kind of detail yeah. what his plan is. Um, you know, which basically just involves blackmailing her, but, <laughs> but, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even, well, well, we'll talk about tomorrow. It doesn't even feel like blackmail, but as you were just saying about, about Chris Evans in the scene is he's, he plays it really well. Like we cut into him. He's looking down. There's a, huh? Because as you said, he's just got the yeah. full story and you can tell that the stuff going on in his brain. And I think that, that him having that conversation about go yeah. is, 
him stalling for time, right? So yes, it probably did mean something to him, but he still has the machinations going on inside. So he can't just sit there in silence. So he's like, oh, I thought I was always the one, the only one who could beat him at go. And it's also a sign of, I wouldn't say he's shocked, but it's more of a hit to him that somebody else could beat him, not just because he was the only one in the family, but because the person who was also better at go than he was is somebody who is, as far as he's concerned, uneducated yeah. from a poor background who never had any, you know, training or whatever and hasn't been playing Go his entire life because he was playing Go with his granddad as they were growing up or whatever. And she has only been in the house for, is it five years she's been working there? Something Less? like that, yeah. It's been a few a few years. Yeah. So, so realistically, she's only been playing Go for five years because... Most people don't play Go. No. Right? Um, but it's a sign. I'm not sure if you've ever played the game. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, but it's the kind of game where if you're bright and intelligent, you can pick it up. And it's another sign of how intelligent she is. That, yes, she might be poor and she might be from, you know, a nondescript foreign country. But she's obviously very intelligent. And you can see why somebody like herself would really inspire Harlan to care for them because they're kind they're personable and they're intelligent which is not something he's getting from the rest of his family yeah and I, I think as well it's interesting because he says you know I always thought it meant something like that he could beat him and Marta says I know you did <laughs> like as if to say yeah, yeah you know you, you thought you were the best but you're clearly not you know um, although I would say at this point uh, you know the kind of the talk of Go um, is also about how you know someone like Harlan you know thinks strategically he even said this during the kind of the minutes like he's the one who's got all, he, he's been playing it for 80 years you know he's got the strategies and the same is probably true of Ransom he's probably learned those same strategies from his grandfather from his uh, dad yeah oh, and so yeah. it's funny that you know when Marta was playing him she just says oh I just try to make pretty patterns like that's she isn't considering the strategy. Um, and I think, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's the idea that Marta doesn't have a strategy. She isn't like this whole thing. She's never been thinking it through. She's just told everything to ransom a person who she trusts, but she doesn't realize she probably shouldn't trust. <laughs> like she shouldn't trust anyone. She shouldn't tell all those details to anybody. Like, you know, they, they incriminate her at this point. So it's funny that she is so trusting. And I guess this is obviously the reason why Harlan liked her so much was because she was an open book. And, you know, within the script, we have the, th the fact that she will throw up if she does lie. So she can't really execute strategies. Whereas Ransom is like, you know, I, I was able to beat him at go because he obviously knew the strategies. And also he's doing the same thing that Harlan did, you know, moments before he cut his own throat, which is he's coming up with a strategy right away. Like, you know, he put the empty bowl to one side. He pushed it towards her and said, tell me the truth, you know, knowing the result. So he's he's manipulating her in a friendly way. Uh, but again, like you say, when he's talking about the go, it does feel like he's delaying because much like Harlan, he's kind of coming up with a strategy, which we will see in the next minute. But I think it's interesting that that's, you know, the kind of the the kind of the, the, the closest we've got to Harlan in the film is Ransom. The rest of the family are naked mm -hmm. in their ambitions. They literally, they're like, I want the money. I want to overturn the will. Like, you know, I want to, you know, as Walt was saying to his, his, you know, dad, 
we've got to sell stuff to Netflix so we can make tons of money. Like, you know, that, that, that <laughs> none, none of them are really that clever. You know, even when Linda was like, I'm a self-made person, you know, I only had, you know, a million dollar loan from dad. Like, they can't see the kind of irony of their position in some cases. And the same is true of, like, Joni. If she had a better strategy, he would never have found out about the fact that she was embezzling the money. But she has no strategy. She just literally phoned the school... Was embarrassing. Yeah, just yeah she just phoned money, one yeah. person and said, "I'll I'll do the payment." And then she phoned another person and said, "I'll give you the payment." And then she just took one of those for herself. Like she had no strategy. Um, you know, I think Ransom probably could have got away with embezzling stuff quite easily, but because he seems like the kind of person who has, you know, that kind of mode, uh, whereas everybody else is kind of stuck in the most simple kind of basic. <laughs> I mean, I guess it doesn't say much as for Harlan as a father. Like that he's raised. Uh, these extremely <laughs> simple people. Um, uh, but I guess it says more for, I don't know, Richard and Linda as as parents that they've raised Ransom. Um, but, like, it, I don't know, it, it feels like there's this kind of, like, it skips a generation in that all of Harlan's children are very straightforward about their kind of, um, I don't know, their new money. You know, they're, they're so obvious about it all. Whereas... Ransom is a little bit more careful and a little bit more, you know, it feels like he's he's a yeah more thinking. Yeah, and I I think that's kind of what this this scene is, this little minute is about, is him, like you say, delaying her so that he can come up with a plan. Although before this, he already had a plan. You know, (laughs) his his plan was to take her out of the mansion and get her somewhere and force her food so that she could, you know, not throw up. And so he's he's already executed one half of his plan, and now he's coming up with a new plan, which, like I said, we'll talk about more in the next minute. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I mean, you know, the uh, it's worth saying as well, like the interaction between Anna Diarmas and uh, Chris Evans, they are going to be together as a couple in quite a lot of scenes from this point going forward, because obviously their their plots kind of become more entwined. And so I think yeah. the kind of the chemistry they have together as um you know him kind of manipulating her and her being like kind of innocent i i think it really works on screen really well like it's you know chris evans obviously i think some people have kind of written him off a little bit as you know kind of captain america but you forget he was he was captain america for 10 straight years he was in at least one film every single year in the mcu <laughs> uh including cameos and yeah. stuff so he he knew that character so well for like a decade and you know there was a certain level of nuance you know particularly towards the end that I, I you know i think very few actors get to show in in a role and i think he's doing it in this you know like he's his character's come in halfway through uh, we've, he's been talked about a lot by other characters and now we're seeing i i guess why he has the nickname ransom yeah he's a, he 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 does perform this very well i said he's disarmingly charming because he looks like chris evans he's got a lovely cadence to his voice and he is playing uh, I might be a nice guy character. Um, what I think is fantastic about this scene, this scene, this one minute with the next one minute is in this one, she lays out exactly what her worries are. And her worries are not for herself. Her worries are what's going to happen to my family, my mom and my sister. All right, that's what she's worried about. And then in the next minute, we're going to find out what Ransom's plan that he just put together while he was telling that story is. And it literally could not be more the exact opposite <laughs> to what her issue is. Um, just one thing you mentioned was, uh, I don't know if I've been watching the chess or whatever. So I run the chess club. Oh, okay. And I've played, played chess for years. It, it's a great, great game. I would nearly said it's a great sport, but you can tell I'm getting old when I can start <laughs> considering chess as a sport. Um, and what I'll say about chess is the same thing I'll say about Go is 
the reason that people think that you have to be smart to play it is when you sit down to play a game of chess and it's your first game of chess, invariably the person sitting across from you has played it at least one more time, right? And if somebody has played chess once and you've never played it, you're not winning that game. It's it's a it's literally impossible because they are going to be telling you what moves you can make to make them it makes so they'll be like you can move your knight here you can move your knight here oh it makes an l shape and automatically you're in this position of weakness to them right and a long time ago people thought that you know you had to be very smart to play it because most people wouldn't get through that barrier of you know i have to play five or six games to actually understand what's going on where am i getting a chess set where am i getting opponents to play against so invariably you'd come across richer people who have the time to sit down and play chess for five hours in the evening and then that makes it think like well i'm i've got more money i'm more intelligent than you and it's a real barrier teaching kids in school you see that it's nothing to do with intelligence it's about pattern recognition and aggression and understanding what you're doing and that's the same with go and that's why anna de armas is making her patterns Marta's making her patterns and Harlan can't fight it because he has no idea what's going on she's just making something that looks pretty and he's trying to use you know standard procedures and I, I genuinely like that little plot point it's like such a minor thing but also that lovely little twist in a knife um that Harlan gives to um <laughs> to ransom in their last conversation is no she beat me more than you did and then when you could probably believe that ransom didn't believe that that's just he just said that to me and then Anna de Armas's or Marta um confirms it when she's telling the story and it's like oh wait <laughs> maybe maybe I'm not so special for my ability to wink over and it's like that sort of layering of of detail I think is fantastic in well life. the funny thing about the ghost story is that like when Harlan says it he basically says he can never beat Marta that that that's how he and whereas with ransom I think there's like a feeling that maybe he's winning like nine out of ten, and you know like the fact that she she's basically undefeated <laughs> against him is like kind of and obviously now due to his death, uh, definitely undefeated, um so like <laughs> you know the fact the fact that she she is undefeated and he, and he you know he he kept he, you know maybe he lost to him or something it's kind of funny that like that's that's the thing that Harlan kind of chose to be like oh I've never you know I've never lost to her and she you know she's just the help. Um, you know, which I think is, yeah. is quite funny. But we'll get more into that in the next episode because, you know, it goes in a different direction. Um, and obviously we can also talk about spoilers. Uh, but for Thursday, uh, the question is, uh, you know, what about the films of uh, Ryan Johnson? What are your thoughts on those films? Obviously, you, you hate them. The Last Jedi uh, because it ruined <laughs> Star Wars. But other than that, uh, you know, what are your... Th- he hasn't got like a huge body of work, but, you know... Uh, a story I told before, but I'll just quickly say here um, for Looper, I actually saw it twice. And the second time I went with the uh, commentary that was on SoundCloud that Ryan Johnson had put on there. So I was mm. actually sitting in the cinema. I, I think it's the only time it remains the only time. Yeah. In your earphones. Yeah, listening to director's commentary whilst in the cinema, um, which is, you know, it's an, that was an amazing experience. Uh, I don't think that that commentary is even available anywhere on the internet either. Cause the commentary that's on the DVD is completely different. Um, you know, so it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I don't know, you know, if you've seen other films of his or, you know, what your thoughts are outside of, uh, I think so. I, I'm not, I haven't checked it up or anything, but 
has he only got four movies? Well, you got Brick. So and Brick, Brothers, Brothers Looper, Bloom, Looper. Brothers, Brothers Bloom, sorry, yeah. five. And yeah. Last Jedi, so, um, obviously, Knives Out. Uh, and Knives Out, right? So I've seen yeah. all of them. Um, so this is one of those weird things where you're going to talk about a movie and say, I think it's underrated. But then everybody you ever hear discussing it says it's underrated. <laughs> so I'm not sure if it can be, but Brick is genuinely yeah. fantastic. Like it's one of those movies where you hear about people saying, oh, it's a director's first movie and, and they really knocked it out of the park. And then you watch it and you go, holy crap, he literally knocked this out of the park. It's every bit as like we mentioned a couple of episodes ago about the murder mysteries. It's a murder mystery where, again, you, you basically explain what's happening or what's happened to the girl 25 minutes into the movie. Um, because it, 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 it doesn't start as a murder mystery, it's a missing person. But then, turns out she was murdered. Spoiler, sorry. Um, but then it's about the guy, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, trying to find justice for her, right? Because they were friends and he didn't have many friends. And it's a, it's a very nice story and it's really well-paced. The characters are really believable, even within the heightened world that's created, right? Looper is also fantastic. Uh, Brothers um, Grimm. Uh, Bloom. Is fun. Bloom, sorry. But yeah, I was thinking. I wanted to make sure <laughs> I didn't get that wrong. Brothers Bloom is, is an enjoyable movie. Um, not, I don't think it's as good as Looper or Brick, but it's still good. And then, I have to confess this now, I actually love The Last Jedi. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I think it's exactly what that movie needed to be. And I hate the fact that they course corrected because a bunch of on the internet wanted to complain about it not being there. That's not my Star Wars. I don't care. It was a good Star Wars. Um, but whatever. And then we have Knives Out. And so basically he's five for five with enjoyable movies and four for five for excellent movies. So yeah, Ryan Johnson, I'm all on board. Yeah. Uh, I already gave my thoughts the last time I hosted, so I'm not going to go over them, but I still haven't seen Brothers Bloom, but I will at some point, probably before the end of this podcast. I think uh, you would like it. People will have to stay tuned for the next time I return as a host to find out if I actually follow up on that promise, uh, which <laughs> I did promise last time and I didn't follow up on. So <laughs> I feel like I'm giving it away. Uh, so I feel like we've covered enough about this minute. Let's get on to the next minute. You know, let's talk about some spoilers uh, tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, I want to get onto that. So uh, thanks for being my guest so far this week, Ollie. I forgot to thank you on previous episodes, so I'll do that now. Is there anything okay. that you wish I to I did plug? think you were very rude, Darren. Honest, <laughs> I was like, he's not even thanking me. Uh, is there anything that you wish to plug? Um, yeah, again, I'm going to go completely off the wall. I'm going to plug the Wheel of Time series by Robert Jordan because one of the major uh, major continuing running gags almost is that there's a game called Stones which is Go and the characters who are good at Go are good at manipulating other people and uh, yeah so that's what I would I would recommend um, now I mean it's a 14 book series that spans roughly 10,000 pages but good luck they tried a Go talk <laughs> Uh, and you can find us on Twitter at Knives Out Minute. You can also find us on Facebook at the same thing, but I'm posting less on Facebook with this podcast. I, I, they changed the way the Facebook pages work, and it's not really worth the effort. It's it's a, it's a lot of hassle, quite <laughs> frankly, uh, for very little return. 
Uh, and I say that as somebody who has taken them up on their like, you know, have ten pounds free promotion thing, and I end up gaining what three clicks? It's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so there you go. Uh, and obviously, you know, we request that you rate and review wherever you are listening to this, and possibly subscribe if you wish uh, on your podcaster of choice. I know that uh, when it comes to uh, you know daily podcasts, it is a little bit intimidating to subscribe because you just you keep end up with tons of minutes. Uh, you know, tons and tons of podcasts to listen to. You know, just the episodes just keep growing uh, every mm. day, and they will not stop until the thing is over. Which you know, at this point, we've got like a, I don't know another uh, forty episodes, something like that. So you know, there's a long way to go. Uh, otherwise, we'll be back tomorrow uh, to discuss uh, the final minute this week, and also get into some spoilers. So you know, if you don't want to be spoiled, don't listen to tomorrow's minute. Uh, otherwise.